Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. This is episode 52, and this week we're talking about Harley Goddamn Race, the greatest champion on God's green earth. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now, the greatest co-host on the planet, Bobby Blaze. Well, I'm here, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for that nice introduction. I don't know about the greatest of anything, but I do know this. We have a man we're going to talk about today we all thought so highly of and had nothing but total respect for, and that is handsome... The king, handsome Harley race, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm with you. I don't know if there's ever a better champion to ever walk on God's green earth than Harley race. You know, man, they just don't make men or any human beings the way Harley race was made anymore. He was just one tough son of a gun, man. We're going to talk about some of those things today during this podcast. Uh, by now, a lot of people, you know, put up their, their different tributes to him. And this is going to be the bell to bell Bobby blaze podcast tribute. And I hope you all enjoy it. Um, Jeremy and I has got some good stuff for you today or the professor does, I should say, cause I know he's already looked up a whole lot of things and we hope to share it with the audience today. Um, don't have funny jokes or anything, Professor, because we're getting into something pretty serious, because we're going to pay total respect uh, and tribute to Harley Race. Yeah, any any jokes today will not be at his expense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Everybody else is free fucking game, though, however. Yeah, yeah. sure. sure. Um, so, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about real quick was <laughs> that when Harley Race joined the WWF back in the 80s, and the WWF was not talking about outside companies or championships, and they made him the king. Mm-hmm. First off, I, I don't know how they thought they could not mention Harley Race's NWA titles. Yeah. Secondly, thank God they didn't turn him into some fucking polka dot wearing clown like they did to other people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'd allow that to happen to him. <laughs> what's what's his what's his quote? If I slap somebody with my left hand, I'd walk around to see what was holding them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's pretty good. Yeah. I can believe it for what I hear, of what I heard rather. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna back up just a little bit, Jeremy. Sure, I got sure. me, I got to say, I'm gonna talk about the first time I saw Harley Race alive in person at a match. So um, it was 1981. I got to see Harley Race first. Dig this man, Bruiser Brody. Oh. Okay, in Huntington, West Virginia, at the old Memorial Fieldhouse back in 1981. Um, give my age away here. I was between my junior and senior year at summer, uh, getting ready to start school back in my senior year. And uh, the old uh, Georgia championship came through. The NWA would come through. And uh, anyway, man, I got to see uh, Harley Race and Bruiser Brody. Of course, it was just a brawl. Um, the two things that stand out I'll, I'll get, was um, when Brody came through, they had gimmick tables lined up uh, out towards the ring instead of the uh, – uh, the cages you see now, the, the fencing that you see, the modern-day barricades, whatever, they just had wooden tables down through there, so the wrestlers just walked out from underneath the bleachers out to the ring. Brody must have tore about three or four of these big, heavy-ass tables upside down, just making his interest to the ring, you know, just coming around doing his thing. I remember that, that because them tables were big, heavy wood ones. They weren't these little cheap plastic ones, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the fans from the ring. And then the second thing was, because I was always such a fan, man, you know, we got there early and stayed late, uh, my buddies and I. And the second, and of course, Harley Race won the matches, DQ, he won uh, via DQ. And um, we were lingering around there with the, the bleachers, and we walked over towards the locker room, and I may have told you this before, if not, I've told a lot of other people this. Um, looking in the locker room, there's Harley Race sitting in his underwear, drinking a beer. <laughs> there's the champion. Locker room door was open, 
And of course, that's when they had heels and faces. You know, you you had two different locker rooms, but we were just, you know, young guys lingering around, just hoping to get autographs or see the guys or or whatever. And and he just kind of looked over like we wasn't out of place because a lot of people had already left. So many people had already left the building, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was just sitting out. I'm not going to tell you. I'd love to tell you. In my mind, he took the beer and saluted me, you know. But no, uh, we were just a couple kids, you know, teenagers, and and got a peek in, and uh, he's in there just, you know, either sweating or just out of the shower because uh, he he was his hair was obviously wet. He was just sitting there drinking a beer like you know no one's business, like just mind his own business. And he just looked up and he thought probably that you know I just he's probably seen it every night. Kids wanting to hang out. He just looked over at us and just continued dressing, you know, and um, that was pretty cool. And then I met him in person for the first time. I think it was 2004 up in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, they had a show up there, um, the 10-year anniversary show, and they had Harley as the special guest. And he got up and gave an interview in the ring that was tremendous. And then they involved him in a little bit of an angle. And he picked up and suplexed, the vertical suplex, this manager. And it was just so picture perfect of every bump on that card that day. And they had probably about 10 matches. And Harley just delivered that perfect suplex like he was, could do, you know. And um, the last time I saw him was a couple years ago. I had him up in West Virginia at the ASW show. And I just went over and spoke to him and shook his hand. Um, you know, he was just meeting, greeting the fans or anything. I really didn't get to talk to him or anytime. I never really talked to him other than Cleveland. I did ask him about one of the stories, and that is about his hand strength. And I had heard, and I know I've told this before, because we talk about it on our YouTube channel, about how tough that hand strength he had. And I did ask him about him putting Bill Cashmire, the world's strongest man, to his knees in that game of mercy. And I guess uh, Cashmere had been running his mouth or whatever. And uh, sure enough, uh, they ran into each other. Uh, you know, he definitely had A teams and B teams and, you know, wrestling two and three towns a night or whatever. And they ran into each other in the airport. Harley said, hey, I hear you think you got strong hands, motherfucker, or whatever, you know, strong grip. And they locked up, and I guess he put him right to his knees right in the middle of the airport in the game of mercy. And, um, of course, that's he's known to be able to, as we talked about on the uh, legitimate badasses, which has over how many seventy thousand views on our YouTube channel, yeah. Jeremy? Uh, you know, he, he says it himself. He he loved to smoke, drink, and drive fast. But I'd heard from several different people, man, through the territories I worked in, uh, how he could just be sitting arm wrestling someone and be puffing on a cigarette or reach over, take a swig of beer, and still put him down. He just had that ungodly strength, and I guess. From everything I've been told, you know, he got that when he was a young boy uh, working out on a farm, you know, when he was you know, working out there, um, yep. you know, 15 years old and getting to the business at such a young age, uh, you know, working carnivals and stuff like that, fighting grown men, you know, things like that. Well, um, the Harley race came from a time where, I mean, you know, Bobby, you and I are only like eight or nine years apart in age, and we're, we're a little bit tougher than the kids that are a bit younger than us. But people born when Harley Race was born, their women are tougher than men are today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. So, you know, fucking Harley, I'm sure, you know, well, you know, he's only a little bit younger than, like, my parents or a little bit older than my parents who were, like, totally fucking pussyfied compared to my grandparents. You know, my <laughs> grandfather dropped out of school to fucking work on a farm when he was, like, in the second grade, you know? Yeah. Um, cause that's the shit you did in Oklahoma in the fucking thirties, you know, and Harley race is from that era. Harley race was a man amongst men. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess that, um, you know, when he first started, they, um, they had him driving, uh, the big guy around there, uh, 
uh, what's the Happy Humphrey? Mm -hmm. I'd heard this one of the earlier stories I had heard about him when he first got in. He's making five dollars a day, you know, driving uh, Happy Humphrey around, and he'd have to wash him off of a mop if you know <laughs> so big, he's like seven hundred pounds, or whatever. But he also refereed on the cards, and he started, you know, he wrestled some in carnivals, man. And I, I from my understanding, from everything I've read and heard, that you know, them carnivals, uh, you know, them guys didn't want to lose their money, no. and if. Harley got beat. He didn't get paid. So that's where he got, got that real quick headbutt at. You know, he had mm -hmm. headbutted him in the nose earn his pay. You know, he wasn't afraid to... If he he wasn't afraid to fight a grown man from an early age, no. and I guess that just carried over, like you're saying, no pussification of of him or of that generation of men. They just, you know, he just he did what he had to do, you know. And that headbutt, of course, as we know, you know, he started using it coming off the top rope. It was that his vertical suplex, man. Those two things to me were just so beautiful to see him do when he got to that rope and dropped that headbutt on people and that vertical suplex. I, you know, to hear Gordon Soley say it, man, when when you know he's it's just a thing of beauty i just loved watching him do that mm -hmm. so. I, I i believe you mean sue play yeah i was waiting for that yeah. there professors yeah, yeah. The way gordon said that do sue play well you know of course he won his first title way back in 1973 against dory funk jr um he's supposed to be a transitional uh champion i guess between him and briscoe but here he ended up being a champion over eight times man um, yeah. you know so for someone that's just supposed to get the title as a transitional champion, he done really, really good for himself in the world of professional wrestling, man. So yeah, they um they didn't want to go from a face to a face with the title. They needed they needed a a, a heel in between. So that's where Harley first came in. Um, but you know, here's the thing, man. Some people are just such a badass. You can't change what was meant yeah. to happen. Yeah. So, but um, and I guess there might have been some heat there too, from my understanding, of between Dory and Briscoe. Um, so that's another reason I think Harley was put in between them, my understanding. And then later on again, he, he got a second chance championship when he beat Terry Funk in 77. And once again, I think, you know, it's one of those things where, man, you know, he might not have the title real, real long, but he actually held the title for a long time, but he had little, little, you know, breaks in between there for like a week or so here or there. Um, I think in 80, what was it? 83, let's see, not, I'm not the 83, 81. Yeah. 81. what he do? He had, uh, he won it in 79, uh, over Dusty. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what was it? Uh, 81 was, was that Flair? Oh yeah. He, uh, Rich, Tommy Rich, he even, he gave it to Baba and also in 81. Remember he had, uh, Tommy Rich had that one week run. That's right. Uh, so, and I remember talking to Tommy, I, you know, I got to see him on the road quite a bit and, and I asked him one time, you know, what it was like to work with Harley Race and stuff. And Tommy just, uh, he has, he said, Harley's good people. Harley's good people. You know, he didn't have a real big answer or explanation. He said Harley's good people. You know, just I guess he was so good to him. You know, they dropped that title to him and put it on him. A young kid like that and uh, getting all that, you know, Georgia championship fame, man. And I guess he dropped it one one day, and a week later he took it back or whatever. That's still to do that for someone that hot in the territory. That's just good business, you know. So. Um, well, okay, so in 81, uh, uh, Harley lost it to Dusty, who lost it to Flair. I'm trying to remember when Tommy Rich's was. I mean, it was early 80s, but I don't remember the year. Yeah, I think it was 81, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, also, can we can we talk about something here for a second? If, yeah. If... If you only listen to the WWE, Hulk Hogan is the only guy who ever body slammed Andre the Giant. <laughs> if you've ever seen Harley Race's old matches, you'll know that Harley slammed him twice. Yeah. Once in the ring and once out of the ring. 
Yep. Again, I said this back in our legit tough guys episode. Harley Race is that kind of strong, that old man strong, like push a fucking train kind of strong. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you watch him body slam Andre, he powers him up. The one yeah. where he slams him outside the ring, he powers Andre yeah. up. It is fucking incredible to see. I'm going to say this. If you go to tinyurl.com backslash BBBB video, that's the YouTube channel. If you're new to the show, Tex Johnson runs it over there. He's down in a broiler room putting all these videos together for us on the YouTube. It has 70,000 views. If you go to Legit Badasses, Harley Race is number three. He could have easily been number one. But in there, what Jeremy's talking about, there's a an old video of Harley slamming, and it looked like an old concrete floor in some big, you know, hot-ass gymnasium, and he picks Andre John up. And you can see Andre barely has his hand on Harley's leg to post. And Harley, you know, just picks his big ass up and slams on that concrete. And if I'm not mistaken, it's eight years before WrestleMania three yeah. before Hogan even slammed him. So there was other people out there that had slammed Andre the Giant with our man today, Harley Race being one of them, like Jeremy said, once in the ring and once outside the ring. But you can check that video out on our YouTube channel. And Jeremy, I just want to tell you, and Tex, thank you out there. Yes. Um, we have we have jumped up another 450 subscribers on our YouTube channel. We now have 5,450 subscribers over on the YouTube channel. Depending on what you're looking up, um, but and if you look up Harley Race on there, we come up on that front page, our YouTube channel does. Uh, we'll be in a top number three through ten, and I actually saw a couple other people taking some, I guess it's a compliment, I don't know, but uh, I think it is. They took some of our footage that Tex put together and put in their little video packages. <laughs> so, gimmick infringement, copyright infringement, uh, I can't say because I don't know how it all works, but, but it's good to see that people are viewing it because that jumped up uh, about 10,000 views in just the last week or so, or I shouldn't say last week, I guess the last 10 days, uh, 10 or 11 days uh, since the passing of Harley Race that people went and looked up Harley Race and found our YouTube channel and our, uh, again, it's listed under legit, legit, legit badasses. He's number three, and uh, you'll see that. But um, you got anything I say about that, Jeremy? I just kind of jumped up there and put no, that no, in there. No, no, no. You know what? You know what? But, but, but since we're since we're talking about our YouTube, I, I want to read a couple comments because Bobby, I know you don't because we're both thin skinned and we don't like to hear, <laughs> hear that shit. But um, our Harley Race page, there have been a lot of good comments on it. One good. guy, Christopher R, says Chuck Norris checks under his bed at night for Harley Race. <laughs> so everybody knows the Chuck Norris memes, knows that one. Uh, Euroheat 0022 says, damn, even Oli, who's a negative prick, is complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> that really says something. You know, so there's yeah. a clip in there of Oli saying nice things about Harley Race. Right, and, right. And, and Oli is a negative prick, so, you know. <laughs> but, but you didn't hear that from me. Right, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, we get down here, a lot of people just saying, you know, rest in peace, champ. So I know a lot of these happened in the last week or so. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple people come in and they're like, ah, I don't know if, if Harley or Funk was tougher. <laughs> I don't know which <laughs> way to go. A lot of people saying that. Um, nobody in here is calling him anything but the toughest man alive. Yeah. Uh, oh, this guy, Todd Kurzbard, says, God bless Harley, the toughest man in heaven. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> well, but, I'm sure the gates of hell were locked that day. <laughs> yeah. Um, no admittance oh, if your name is yeah, Harley Wright. <laughs> yeah, they're not letting him in. Shit. No, he'd be, he, he'd be he running the place in a half an hour, yeah. Yeah. 
two uh, cigarettes and a beer later, and it's fucking cleaned out down there. Yeah, uh, Scorch <laughs> Scorch one zero two eight says true story. Harley race is so tough he beat polio, which is yeah. fucking legit. You know, you yeah. know what? Let's 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 talk about that real quick. My grandmother died of polio in nineteen fifty one. Polio was a fucking killer back then. Oh yes, yes. Harley race fucking slapped the shit out of polio. <sighs> You know, and yeah, well, there, there's, you know, there's documentation about how, you know, he overcame, he overcame polio. Like you said, his first year in professional, he had a hard upbringing. We already mm-hmm. talked about that dropping out of school and working on a farm, uh, you know, driving people around working on carnival and stuff. His first year in the business, he had a car wreck and he was pronounced his wife, his first wife died in the car accident yes. while with child and he was pronounced dead. Not only that, he got a, I guess they got a heartbeat back some way, however the story goes, but they were going to amputate one of his legs. And the promoter he was working for, I think in Nashville at the time, went down there and said, no, not over my dead body. And he rehabbed himself, and with, that was in like 61, I think, and by 1963, he was back. They said he wouldn't walk, and he's back in the ring wrestling again. Yeah. Overcome that, you know. That's he just, um, tough. <laughs> that, well, that is that is a kind of tough, I mean, the first off, I mean, to lose your pregnant wife in a car wreck. Yeah. And it was like a month after they got married. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That alone would take most people off their fucking feet for years. Okay, well, he was also declared dead, so he shouldn't have come back from that. Also, he was never supposed to walk again. And fucking Harley Race, you don't tell that man to lay down. Right. Nope. <laughs> he he will slap the shit out of you and fucking keep going. That's that's. It took lung cancer to kill Harley Race. You know, lung cancer killed John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> there is. That's how fucking hardcore this guy was. It took like one of the worst things on the planet to do him in. He lived through everything yeah. else. Yeah. Shit. The man had hey. the man had antibodies for every fucking disease on the planet in his system. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think it must be the cold beer. So I it's say, if you're listening to this podcast, once you listen to this podcast, depending on time of day, because I know when the professor and myself finish up today, I'm on East Coast time, I'm going to have a beer in a couple hours, and my first one, I'm going to raise it up uh, to Harley Race. Born in 1943, passed away August the 1st, 2019. 76 years old, that's a pretty damn good run, man. That ain't bad. I have a cold one for Harley, you know. Um so I think everyone else should too, because that might be the body that that Jeremy, the professor was talking about there, to, to keep the bug away. I don't know. So, but yeah, he had a real long career in the ring. You know, I know the WWE. They said uh, 25 year in ring. I think he had close to a 30 year uh, from 60 through 90 in ring. But after in ring, Jeremy, he also became a manager. Of course, we we talked off the air. He he promoted some towns. He's a promoter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get in that if you want to. But he also uh, people sometimes forget he managed in wcw there and he took luger and vader to the uh, wcw championship uh, picture there and um so even as an active manager you know he he stayed fresh in the business uh he ended up being i don't care what hall of fame you have out there he needs to be in every hall of fame there is but he was a 2004 inductee to the wwe hall of fame and uh, like you mentioned earlier uh, alluded to that, you know, there's no way they could not have mentioned Harley Race having, you know, those eight NWA world titles and, and not, you know, acknowledge that on their program because every, you don't have to be, at the time, you didn't have to be a, a, a hardcore wrestling fan. You pretty much knew Harley Race was a champion from another territory if you were a fan of wrestling, which you would have been if you was watching that programming WWF back in the day, you'd know that there's also an AWA, NWA, etc. So you can't just show up on that TV. And that's another thing. 
uh, I knew this from the magazines, and I watched uh, a video. It wasn't on ours, I don't think, but I did watch one, and I had forgotten this, uh, but I remember seeing a magazine. He also fought, uh, uh, but he wasn't even in the WWF. He fought superstar Billy Graham and Bob Backlund. They, yes. they had uh, matches against each other, kind of like we talked about Dusty going up there and wrestling superstar when they needed to bring someone in and have those big sold-out, you know, Mass Square Garden matches. Well, you know, Harley went up there, and I think you told me off there. Remember, he worked for uh, Vern in the AWA early on, so he, not that he was an AWA or a WWE champion, even though he got that name King after winning King in a Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where before before everything, we're going to talk about Starcade in just a minute from 1983, but even prior to that, man, Harley went around and wrestled all these different territories to stay in that NWA picture. So when he didn't even have the NWA t- title, he was still active in all these territories. And so he would stay and, and get, you know, be on the top of the list of the number one contender, if you will, uh, 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 for the NWA title. But also when he had that title, he went and fought in the WWF against their guys, you know, um, uh, Graham and Bachman for sure. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, you know, I was going to read this one real quick because I forgot about it. Uh, one guy writes in that he watched Race and Bachwinkle versus uh, Brody and Stan Hansen in a tag mm. match. And Race goes to suplex Stan. Stan tries to sit out of it, and Race <laughs> fucking powers him over. <laughs> man. Stan Hansen was not a small man. No, no, no. he was a big man, big yeah. man. And, and honestly, if you got close enough to Stan Hansen, he was going to cut your fucking head off with his forearm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. And, yeah. and Harley Race wasn't scared of that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Um, you know what? I was gonna t- they say that NWA is the seven times world champion. Of course, it was actually eight. Uh, Harley Race was in New Zealand and dropped the title to Flair while he was there. And uh, a good friend of mine from from New Zealand named Frank Shanley. Uh, he used to do some promotions and he and he he done some refereeing. And he's over in the United States now. I think he came over here in the year 2000, not mistaken. He used to come to my house sometimes and visit. And uh, he was telling me in the, that he was actually there in New Zealand when it took place, when Harley raced. I think the promoter, I may say his name wrong, is uh, Steve Ricard. And you can fact check this. But I guess he had advertised a um, Harley race as being the uh, See, see, Flair being the champion or Harley being the champion. Anyway, nonetheless, the way it worked out, Race dropped the title and called the office and told him what he did. And immediately they said, you know, get it right back. And, I, and if he didn't get it, the, if he didn't get the next day, he might have got it back in Singapore the following, like day after, two days after that or something. There's a, there's a couple of days, there, and I hope someone does check that out to get that straight. But he, I think that's the controversy of the seven or the eight, seven and eight times because. Uh, he did drop it to Flair in New Zealand, and I think um, he got it back two days later in Singapore if he didn't get it before he left New Zealand. So I'm, I'm not sure, you know, but that's where some of the um, – and also, you know, I think I, I mentioned earlier, in 79 and 80, he dropped it to Baba for like a week at a time. So um, he got it back from him too, obviously. Uh, we mentioned uh, uh, Rich, um, Dusty. Baba and both Funks, so I think that's what it was. Um, that's who he went back and forth with. Of course, Flair was his biggest rival that we're going to probably talk about from 1983, the first Starcade, a Flair for the Gold in a Steel Cage match. Man, that's the you know, that closed circuit supercard. That's the 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 grandmother, granddaddy of Ma, I guess, if you will. 
But uh, him and Flair in that steel cage, and I know you probably want to talk a little bit about that, Jeremy. Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, I was I was going to put together a list of uh, title rings that Hurley Race yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. What happened on that? <laughs> yeah, it was it it got out of control. It was too fucking long. It, just the regional titles alone would have been forty five minutes of me just saying fucking you know Kansas City, Florida, uh, Georgia, you know, just running off names of areas that he held titles. Um, you know, and a lot of people would be tempted. Well, you know, he was a promoter. Of course he was going to win titles. Yeah. But most of these titles were from outside the area where he promoted. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a whole different thing. I mean, that really is, um, let's see. He, he took the title, the world title back when it was still the world title. So Nick, all this, you got something to fucking live up to now, buddy. <laughs> Get out there and fucking do it. Okay. Dory Funk Jr. He beat him. Yes. Terry Funk beat him. Dusty Rhodes beat him. Baba beat Baba twice. Tommy mm-hmm. Rich, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. And that was before most of our listening audience was born. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, uh, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Hey, Jeremy, I'm just going to give a shout-out real quick the, uh, to our Twitter pages. You can follow Jeremy at the Geekish Cast on Twitter. You can follow me at BobbyBlaze744. And you can follow our podcast page, which is Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter. You can follow us there, and you can use the hashtag BBBB. It's not a requirement, but if you do, we can find it easier. But, yeah, give us some fact checks. Uh, we had a couple people write in. The most most that I got written in on mine when I put up a picture of Harley that uh, a text had sent me that we are going to tribute this week on our graphic, and that was the 83 Starcade. And as you said, you just now done the rundown on the uh, matches there. <clears throat> One of them we mentioned, you know, uh, getting it back from Flair, him being his biggest rival and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, just just give us a follow on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744 or Jeremy at the Geekish Cast or our joint account, which is Bell to Bell Blaze. And also, I know there's a Facebook page. I'm not a part of it, but, Jeremy, I'll let you tell them about the Facebook page and the Facebook group where they can find that out. And I want you all to know this. Just because on the YouTube, real quickly, let me get this. Just because I don't read the comments doesn't mean, I mean, I support that page. I love going there and watch the videos. I just don't like reading the comments. I, I have other things do with my time. I interact with you on Twitter. Um, I, I get screenshot pictures, uh, sometimes text, or Jeremy will send me a picture of something positive someone said, or they mentioned me in, personally, someone that saw me in Japan, or whatever it may be. And I do appreciate all that. We do want you interacting. So whether just because I'm not on the uh, Facebook page, please interact on there. Please interact on the YouTube page. But if you want to interact with me personally, just do just go with my Twitter and that's Bobby Blaze seven forty four because that's the only place I do my social media at. But I fully am into that daggone YouTube page. Let me tell you, man, that YouTube channel is blowing up as I mentioned earlier. But anyway, Jeremy, what about the Facebook? Where can they find us out on there? Well, the easiest way is just get on Facebook, go up to your search bar, put in Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You'll see we have, we have both a page and a group. Um, we're not as active as I'd like, but you know, Bobby and I are kicking around new types of content to start producing, and so I. I plan to start getting some small videos put up there pretty soon here as well. Um, but just get on Facebook, go check us out. Uh, we got, you know, we, we have people around the world on there. It just, mm-hmm. we're not as active on there as I'd like. That's all it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but we're going to change that. Me and Bobby yeah. are going to be a, a multimedia fucking franchise. <laughs> <laughs> and text, get ready. We're going to have some more YouTube stuff coming. We're going to get involved in that a lot more too. We talked about that. We're also talking about doing a Patreon page. That's going to be coming along. I did look at the material. Jeremy, I know we got a lot to talk about, but 
some special stuff for for our fans out there. And I know I will get back to uh, to talking about Harley here in just a minute. But but while we're off that subject, real quickly, Jeremy, I think uh, I want to give us a quick quick plug for the Amazon Prime because before we went on air, you was telling me about some more wrestling you have discovered, and I'm excited about that because I haven't I haven't went and done this yet. But I've got Amazon Prime, and I love it. Matter of fact, I just bought my granddaughter two gifts. It's nothing. This is a straight shoot. Her birthday's coming up, and I ordered two gifts, and they were both here the very next day. I ordered them on Tuesday, and I kid you not, they was on my porch by Wednesday afternoon. Um, so I'm free shipping on both of them, free shipping on two different products. And um, if you use tinyurl.com backslash BB Try Prime, that'll help us get a little bit of kickback from the show. And uh, that goes to Jeremy. That kind of goes in the pot to kind of help pay the bills for our hosting fees and other things and our other ventures we hope to get into. So Jeremy was telling me off the hair. Uh, I know we both love Prime. We've talked about it almost every week. And unless someone actively goes in there and, and goes to the tinyurl.com backslash BB try Prime, you don't have anything to lose. It's 30 days risk-free. Risk and, Jeremy, what did you tell me before the show about that wrestling, man? Well, so Amazon bought Twitch. Um, now, I'm, I'm kind of a video game nerd at times, and so I, I've been trying to watch more Twitch because i got a short attention span, and it works out quite nicely. But... <laughs> I have found several indie wrestling uh, programs, shows, you know, whatever, promotions, who are running a weekly TV show on Twitch, basically. And when you are on Amazon Prime, you get, every month you're on there, you get a free subscription, which means basically you send money directly to that content producer every month. And there's fucking pro wrestling on there, guys. There is shit you (laughs) haven't heard of yet that's waiting to be discovered. Get off your ass. Go look for it. Yeah, Bobby. You know, well, before I was going to say before we started recording tonight, we were talking about like small promotions that are in the area. You know, like your area, wherever you're at, there is wrestling there. You just got to get up and go find it. Yes. You know, like where you're at, you know, Kentucky and Ohio area. I think I've found. 15, maybe maybe mm. a little more or a little under, but 15 promotions, like, within an hour's drive of your place. Yeah. 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 If you want to find wrestling, it's out there, folks. No matter where you live at, you can find it. I'm going to tell you, I know around here they got the ASWS less than 90 minutes away, uh, the FTCs, you know, just about 30 minutes away, and I know a local promoter, I just saw it at FTC show last week, he said he's going to start running again. He was running about an hour from here. He stopped running in January, but um, he had ran out there for several years. I think he's looking for a another town uh but anyway there and i talked to as you know i've done an appearance for foul snow and he has ohio valley wrestling down in louisville and i know he said he had strong tv down there so i'm sure around louisville and lexington if you head out towards central kentucky there's i know there's i can't think of the name of it there's appalachian our good friend william harding works for um, i think oh shoot i'm gonna draw a blank i know he works for one doing some filming and some voiceover stuff for them I'm drawing a blank of, of, of what the name of the promotion is, but I know there's a lot. Uh, if you, that, that's just in my area. Yeah. I'm sure in California there's a lot. I'm sure in Maryland. I, I know in Florida. I still have friends that I speak to in Florida on on uh, Twitter, and I know they still go to a lot of shows because I see the content they post. And just because they're older like I am, they may not get involved in the wrestling. They go to the show to help these young guys and see these young guys. So I know there's I know there's a shitload of shows in Florida in both Tampa and Orlando. 
So, um, and I'm sure in the Carolinas, because like I, I've been to WrestleCade, I know uh, uh, Tim and them, they run shows down there all the time for their, their organization. I can't think of names. I'm drawing blanks all of a sudden. But I know there's a shitload of wrestling out there, folks, if you get out and look. And some of it's pretty damn good. <laughs> um, it's not, uh, I won't get Jeremy started on, on, on uh, a certain feature <laughs> product, but there's more out there, even though we mentioned WWE and the Hall of Fame and those things. We're talking about King Harley here. Seriously, it, it, there's a lot more wrestling out there. Um, Jeremy just sent me a text the other day, and I got excited when I when I went to the YouTube. What his reference was was about the NWA doing some TV tapings in Atlanta, Georgia, and and here we are talking about Harley Race and the WCW and, and NWA and and how important that uh, you know the TBS station was there. And now they're here going back. Uh, well, Billy uh, Corgan, I, I watched the video like five minute video, and I got excited because that's two days. Of work, I think it's September the 30th and October 1st. If I was an independent guy right now, I'd be contacting contact the National Wrestling Association, and I, or I'd be going to Atlanta, Georgia, and trying to get all the damn TV tapings. People, there's wrestling out there. If I wasn't a wrestler, I'd be going to say, "How do I get tickets to your studio wrestling?" That's what I do, Jeremy. You know, yeah. it's out there if you look. Now, that's my rant. I, we got to talk about Harley some more, probably. But, but anyway, um, there's wrestling, there's professional wrestling out there if you get off your ass and. Go look. <laughs> yeah, that, that I think is the most important thing. You know, um, it's out there. I can almost guarantee you, wherever you are, even if you're in Cousin Lick, Alabama, there is <laughs> wrestling going on within an hour's drive of your house. There are lo- look, guys. Here, here's really the important thing: there are local people in your community who are trying to make a living, trying to feed their kids by being pro wrestlers. Go buy a fucking ticket. There you go. Yeah. That's, hey, go um, buy a book if they've written a book. How about that? Oh, Bobby, <laughs> do, do you know any wrestlers that have written books? Yeah, I know a wrestler that's written two books. That's me. Oh, and I, yeah. What, you want to help the program out? Here's another thing. Like Jeremy says, seriously, if you, I'm going to tell you a story before I get to my book. Man, I bought a DVD one time for $5. A guy said, hey, would you like to buy my DVD for $5? It's only $5. And I was like, man, what is it? He goes, it's my life story. And I'm thinking, okay. Okay, this guy's outside of a library. He's not bumming money. He's actually wanting to sell me something, content. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? $5, and I, and I had it on me, okay? $5 is not going to break me, but it might help him. Mm-hmm. That $5 may have helped him produce another video. It might have helped him towards his writing career. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But I know at that particular day, $5 didn't break me. But $5 probably built that other man up, you know? So I always say this. If you go to an independent show, buy the $5 ticket. If it's 10, pay 10. That five's just my example in a story. Buy a T-shirt from one of the wrestlers. Buy their picture. Do the photo op when you can. And I'm not talking, you know, when you go to these shows and guys charging $50 for a picture that you already own or they charge you $100 to sign a book you already own. I'm talking about if they sell you a picture for $5, buy the damn autographed picture. If they got a photo op, do it, because you're trying to support independent wrestlers. You're trying to support artists. And with that said, I have two books. I have Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boostful Travel. If you go to tinyurl backslash tinyurl.com backslash blazebook1 you can get pin me pay me it takes you directly to amazon it's just that the show gets a little bit kickback from that i get a little bit kickback because you buy the book 
Jeremy gets a little bit of kickback for the show. All you got to do is go to tinyurl.com backslash blazebook1. If you want my second book, which is I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler, it's just $15, folks. And if you got Prime, they'll ship it to you free. You just go to tinyurl.com backslash blazebook2. It's that simple. So there's three ways right there you could help support this podcast and support local artists like Jeremy and myself. And we're trying to make something big with this podcast along with text. Now we've got our YouTube channel up. But again, just go to uh, tinyurl.com backslash BB, try Prime. That's for Prime. If you want to get one of my books, the first one, Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boost Will Travel, just go to tinyurl.com backslash blazebook1. If you want I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler, just go to tinyurl.com backslash blazebook2, and the show gets a little kickback. So there you go, Jeremy. That's what I was trying to spit out. <laughs> well, I, and, and you did a, a fine job of it. Um, you know, And real quick, while we're at this, I, I don't know the right place or time or whatever to bring this up, but uh, if there are uh, indie wrestlers or indie promotions out there that are trying to get the word out and we can help get a hold of us on twitter let us know about you let us know where you're at and what we what we could do to help get the word out because i i watched that billy corgan thing about the nwa and their tv dates coming up and uh you know what i I think he's right man i think right now is the most the most electrifying time for pro wrestling probably that has existed since the 70s yeah he said it since the i was waiting for him to say the mid 90s i really was and he said the 70s and i popped Mm -hmm. uh when you hear that, it's, folks, it's just a uh, five-minute interview of Billy Corgan talking about the wrestling that's coming to Atlanta, the studio wrestling. And what Jeremy just now said, guys, you know, I, I, I use the FTC because I, I promote them because I know guys that work there, up-and-comers and guys, they bring in some talented shows. They have really good shows, and I enjoy going to them. ASW, I mentioned them. They don't ask me, hey, can you do this for your podcast? No, I do it because I, I like the people that work there, and I like to help them out. I like to see the professional wrestling around here, you know, uh, get a get some kind of publicity, you know, and, and this, it's like Jeremy said, if you're out there, you're listening to the show, and you got a show, send it in. Hell, we'll try to promote it for you, you know. Um, maybe send us a box of popcorn. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Well, but yeah, you know, here we are putting the uh, NWA over because we're talking about Harley Race, but but that was an important announcement, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, like we've we've beat this up a little bit. We should probably get back to Harley Race here in a second. Yeah, we but, will. But we're trying to come up with new content for, specifically for our YouTube page right now. And I wouldn't mind doing some short interviews and promo pieces about indie wrestling. I think it'd be oh. great for, you know, like you and I to like find out about these places, talk to somebody, and then you and I to discuss what we found out about them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hell, so, we talked about that damn Jock Sampson enough. Oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> no, but we do that to help Jock out. He's a friend of the program. You know what I'm saying? That's good stuff, man. If he wants to cut promos on us, that's oh, yeah. great. Fuck it. We'll let him. Yeah, just, uh, just experience, you know, we'll let him. I, I got to say, you know, a work is a work, and, you know, I, I keep my feelings out of this shit, but him sure. hitting the Missy Hyatt button with me was not cool, man. <laughs> no, it was that not. That was, was not cool. Uh, and and uh, it, wasn't, he knew. it wasn't real nice of her either. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we do get that kind of feedback, and that's a good thing, man. When Missy Hyatt, you know, starts uh, saying something, that's pretty damn cool, man. Mm-hmm. And we've had uh, we've had a lot of people you know hit us up on the bell to bell man. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not mentioning uh, anyone from Texas that may have um, hurt your feelings a little bit there. Oh, that that they, hurt my feelings a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that did. 
Oh, man. Hey, listen, real quickly, too. Don't forget on Amazon, there's a book, King of the Ring, the yes. Harley Race store. That's what we're talking about. Jeremy, won't you give that out real quick, how they can get the Harley Race book if you don't care? Because I just now thought about that. You put that out there last week. Yep. It's on Amazon. It's called King of the Ring. It's the Harley Race story by Harley Race. How can they get that, Jeremy? And we'll, we'll finish up here real soon about talking about Harley. Well, if I remember correctly, it was tinyurl.com slash bbkingharley, I believe was the uh, the address we created for that and um this is a autobiography i can't remember who his writing partner was but bret hart wrote the forward harley race and somebody else wrote the book um i imagine it's a great story I, the, the little bit of research i did just in his general life yeah. harley race had a a life story very similar to that of my grandparents so i found it very what do you call that like um i could identify with him i i yeah. I, I felt like Oh, fuck, I know Harley Race because this, he is like my people, you know, from the yeah. Midwest, fucking busted his ass to get somewhere and make something of himself. Could have ended up dead in a ditch if it weren't for his fucking drive and determination just to go yeah. be better at whatever he was doing. You know, Harley's one of those guys, man, if he was a fucking cowboy, he would have been a great cowboy. If he was a pilot, he would have been a great pilot. Yes. He pushed himself to be more all the yeah. time. Yeah. That book is um, King of the Ring, the Harley Race story. It is at tinyurl.com backslash BB King Harley. I'm just going to read something real quickly here. A true legend, Harley Race has enjoyed almost unparalleled success in a world of professional wrestling. Turned pro in 1959 at the age of 15. He had the work ethic and the innovative style that allowed him to become one of the three biggest names in wrestling during the 70s and 80s. And then you can just go on from there as to what you can read in that book. Um, take a chance and get it, man. It's got great customer reviews. And it's like Jeremy said there, man, you're going to read about someone you can really relate to that, you know, either you're at your parents or grandparents' age, possibly, uh, you know, depending on what age you're listening to. Like I said earlier, some of the title runs Jeremy was talking about Harley having, some of our audience probably wasn't even born then. But that's nonetheless, if you're a wrestling fan, you better damn sure know who King Harley Race is. You know, you better know that name and know it well. Uh, and if you don't, you, you don't deserve to be in a professional wrestling business. You don't deserve a pair of boots, nor do you deserve yeah. <laughs> Should be able to step through the ring ropes if you've never, you know, heard that name. Well, but, uh, very, anyway. very few wrestlers working today will ever wear Harley Race's boots, and very, very few are even fucking fit to carry his jockstrap. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I know it's been a tribute to him. Jeremy, do you have anything else to say in closing about Harley Race? Cause I know we kind of hit on a little bit of everything throughout the whole podcast here and then got a little bit sidewinded there at the end. I just want to make sure that the fans know that the professor and myself really thought really highly of Harley Race and still do, of course. This was our tribute to him. We hope you've learned something from it. Again, if you'd like, uh, I'm curious, you can use the hashtag BBBB and hit me up at BobbyBlaze744 on Twitter or Jeremy at the Geek is Cast or at the uh, Bell to Bell Blaze and let us know, you know, if you got some facts. Uh, like I said, most of the stuff I got sent in was around the Starcade of 83 matches. Um, I'm more interested in um, if someone can remember if the eighth title's there that um, in New Zealand. I know he put Flair over the one night. I want to say a couple nights passed, and again, I could be wrong, but I think he got it back uh, in Singapore. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. I know what Frank Shanley told me, and I'm trying to just go by memory on that. Um, and anything you that we may have left out about King Harley, man, or Handsome Harley, uh, we didn't talk about that when he tagged with uh, a pretty boy uh, Larry Henning back in the day. They wrestled Crusher and Bruiser. I mean, it went yep. far that far back. 
uh, you go to if you go to our YouTube channel, it comes up in the first the first page is right there. Uh, there's a there's a tribute or two there, and then there's Ric Flair uh, telling a story about going to Japan with Harley, and, and just you know Harley was pretty much going as Flair's back bodyguard basically you know so uh there's all kinds of stuff out there and uh, if you want to share it with us on the uh twitter that's fine if you want to go to the facebook page that's fine but let us know what you're listening to the program and i just want to say jeremy i know our time's up we're running out shortly here but um i never will forget harley race's headbutt the way he delivered that and also that perfect vertical souffle <laughs> you cannot beat that souffle that is for yeah, sure so um, okay, so Harley Race, just, just so we can wrap up and start going. Yeah. Harley Race, eight-time NWA World Champion, totaling 1,801 days of his title reigns. He is third place for longest combined days as champion behind only Luthez and Ric Flair. There you go. Uh, I believe also at eight, he is second highest number of combined championships as well. Because Ric Flair had 10 reigns as NWA champion, and I think that was the most of anybody, and I think Harley Race comes in second with eight. Okay, and then Ric Flair said when he passed away, he was the last true world champion of the world. So that's with uh, men were men, <laughs> and they had to be, you know. And Harley was tough, and I know we got that across, you know, to this uh, today's podcast. We definitely got that across, man. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: Ric Flair was Ric Flair was no fucking slouch. Ric Flair was a tough son of a bitch. Harley Race was a little bit tougher. <laughs> but you could probably say that for about ninety nine percent of the men that walk on God's green earth. Hardy Rice was probably just a little bit tougher. (laughs) Just about, just about. Bobby, you got anything you want to close with today? Oh, man, just thanks to all the fans and our our friends of the program, and thanks for listening. It's good to catch up with you again. I know, you know, it's sad we have to, you know, RIP, you know, King Harley Race here. But, you know, he had 76 years old. We just did nothing but put him over, nothing but total admiration, nothing but mm-hmm. respect. We do our love for professional wrestling, and in this case, one of the greatest on God's green earth to ever grace us with his talent in a professional wrestling ring. Rest in peace, Harley Race. You're damn right. Uh, you know, I'm going to close with a simple thought here. So before I do that, I'm going to, you know, for uh, Bobby Blaze and for myself, Jeremy Vilmer, for the belt to belt futon, we're going to say goodbye, but I'm going to close with a quick thought here that, um, you know, the king is dead and we'll never see his like again. Nick Aldis, you're standing in a long fucking shadow, man. Do not forget where that title belt has been. Triple H, there's only one king of kings and an eight you, buddy. With that being said, I'm Jeremy Vilmer. You're not. Bye bye, everybody.